I bet Peter was distressed. Three times. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? How many times had Peter denied Jesus? Three. That's right. No wonder he was distressed. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Similar to showing the apostles his wounds, as we heard in the gospel last week, the doors were locked for fear of the Jews, yet Jesus entered and showed them his wounds and said, Peace be with you. I mean, the wounds in part were demonstrating that this was no mirage, that in fact I really was crucified. You can see it. And I have surpassed that, overcome death. I have been raised. It was demonstrating that fact. It was also demonstrating, it would seem, that with Jesus, suffering isn't ultimately meaningless. That with him, the wounds that are inflicted in this life have some sort of eternal consequence. Without him, it's just meaningless. It ends in the grave. There's no value to it, like a life lived apart from him that would end simply there. What eternal meaning would it have? But it must also have been a little uncomfortable or distressing for his disciples when he showed them his wounds, since they had all abandoned Jesus to his fate, and his wounds had to have been reminders of that to them. I had a part in what I see. It reminds me of a verse from the Bible that goes something like, I will heal you of your sins by drawing them before your face. It's like what God did with Adam and Eve after they had sinned. What have you done? He asked them. It's not as though God didn't know what they had done, but it gave them the opportunity to recover the freedom that they had lost through assuming responsibility for their choices. I think something of this happens when we remember sins long past or struggle over and over with a sin we gave into previously. It's as though God is helping us to recover what we lost and to redefine those poor choices by doing the hard work of choosing what's right in the face of similar temptations to the ones that had overcome us. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? In English, we basically have one word for love. Love. You could argue that charity is a second one, but it has gained other attributes, connotations. And as far as I know, there is no verb form of charity. No one ever says, I charity you. Thus, the confusion and the odd way we use the word love. I love my spouse, my kids, my parents, my pizza. Greek, the language of the New Testament, has four words for love. Storge, eros, philia, and agape. Storge is natural love, like between a parent and a child. Eros, the love between a man and a woman. 
philia, the love of friends, and agape, well, that's love that unselfishly wills the good for the other. It's divine love. Now, storge, eros, and philia stand in need of a guiding principle, for they have a tendency to be perverted. Storge, that natural love, has a tendency to bend in on itself. The good is done to endear and bind the other person to yourself. It puts them in debt to you. It seeks affirmation from others. It needs to be needed. C.S. Lewis said, this is part of the reason why people have pets. Because their love is not matured. And they just need to be needed. It's seen at times in parents who would kind of force their child to go in a certain direction, maybe in a sport, so that they might be glorified. Eros, well, that tends to be perverted by objectifying the other person, making the other person object, an object to be used for one's own gratification or pleasure. Philia, friendship, is formed by what is held in common. Fishing, football, video games, stealing, God, and the friendship is as strong as whatever is held in common. But philia can't tell you what that is, what makes for a strong and wholesome bond. Thieves are friends. They hold stealing in common. It binds them. All those stand in need of agape. St. John said, this is how we know what love is, not that we have loved God, but that God has loved agape us. The first two times Jesus asked the question of Peter, do you love me, do you love me? He used agape, do you agape me? But Peter, in his response, both of those times, said, Lord, you know that I philia you. We're friends, we hang out, but that's it. I like fishing, too, and I like you. The third time, though, what did Jesus do but change the word to match where Peter was at? Peter, do you filia me? Are you a friend to me? And Peter said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you as a friend. It would seem that God met Peter where he was at. And then Jesus concludes, when you were younger, you did as you pleased, and your love remained impoverished. When you grow old, when you mature, by following me, you will be able to truly love. Agape, follow me. Friends, don't be disheartened by past failings. Jesus meets us where we're at and purifies our love of his own, to make us what we couldn't otherwise be.